Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome. You're listening to the Malcontent News Russia-Ukraine War Podcast. The show that cuts through the fog of war and updates you about the ongoing conflict in Ukraine. Don't forget to like, comment and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts. Hello, I'm Marina Yevshan, co-host of the Russian-Ukraine War Report podcast, and today is October the 1st, 2023. It's been 3,505 days since Russia's illegal occupation of Crimea on January 27, 2014, and one year and 220 days since Russia expanded its war of aggression against Ukraine. Today's podcast looks at the events that happened over the weekend on and off the battlefield. You can use a Russia-Ukraine war map to help you visualize the areas discussed, and there is a link in the podcast description. The Russia-Ukraine war report is compiled by our team from around the world. Today's report includes information from our direct contacts and journalists in Ukraine, the Russian Ministry of Defense and the Ukrainian General Staff of the Armed Forces of Ukraine morning reports, Operational Command North, South and East of Ukraine, Open Source Intelligence, our in-house team of analysts and geospatial experts, and pro-Ukrainian and pro-Russian mail bloggers and social media channels with a track record of trying to be accurate. We have one mission – the truth. Because the truth matters. Let's start with the daily assessment. There have been significant changes since my last update. We maintain that the repeated soft response by Ukraine's allies after Russian aggression on Ukraine's border continues to encourage Moscow to take additional risks, and the probability of a serious border incident is increasing. In our assessment, the dismissal of General of the Army Sergei Surovikin as the commander of the Russian Aerospace Forces, or VKS, has resulted in a shift in Russian tactics, with a sharp and notable increase in strikes on economic and military targets. Ukraine still holds the initiative theater-wide, and the number of combat-ineffective and combat-destroyed Russian units is growing, eroding Russian combat potential in numerous areas of operation. The Russian Ministry of Defense remains in a chaotic state, and there continues to be a lack of mission cohesion between penal units, mobics, conscripts, elite forces and proxy forces. The inability of Russian military leaders to stop the ongoing Ukrainian offensive and retake the battlefield initiative has put significant pressure on Russian chief of staff Valery Gerasimov, who has been in charge of all Russian forces in Ukraine since January 2023. However, we do not believe that Russian forces will withdraw from Tokmak to conserve available combat potential for future offensives or the defense of the rear areas of Zaporizhia and Kherson. Russian Chief of Staff Gerasimov and Defense Minister Sergei Shoigu remain some of the best allies available for the Ukrainian Ministry of Defense due to their acceptance of systemic corruption, political infighting and waste of military resources, 
but the Kremlin is showing an increased capacity to adapt on the battlefield. The perceived slow progress of the Ukrainian summer-fall offensive, questions about the capabilities of Ukrainian military commanders, ongoing anti-corruption measures, and a wave of isolationism sweeping Western nations risk fragmenting Western support. Western partners are not meeting their promised military training, heavy equipment and ammunition delivery dates. These continued delays negatively impact Ukraine's military capabilities, and two partners are signaling there could be an end or significant reduction in future support. We believe that Russia has started destroying Ukraine's energy infrastructure, including hybrid warfare. While the possibility of an intentional nuclear accident caused by Russian occupiers at the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant remains low, the threat should be taken seriously. Today's action report starts in Kharkiv. On Saturday, the Ministry of Energy of Ukraine reported that 28,000 households in the Kharkiv oblast were without power after Russia targeted 110 kV power lines. The ministry reported that repair work could not start without the permission of the military. While there are no specific reports of significant fighting in the Kupiansk area of operation, or AO, our intelligence team has noted increased Russian activity in the region. Next, in the Donbass, starting in northeast Donetsk, Russian forces supported by the VKS continued counterattacks at Klishchivka with no success. Fighting continued east of the railroad grade southeast of Andreevka, with the Ukrainian forces continuing to hold their recently established position, but with no new advances. On Saturday, Kramatorsk was hit by two rockets, damaging a dormitory and dozens of cars. Closer to Bakhmut in Kostantinivka, two Fab 500 UMPK glide bombs hit a bus station and caused damage in nearby residential areas. Two children were wounded in the airstrike. In southwestern Donetsk, a Russian offensive from Novoselivka in the Toretsk New York AO was unsuccessful. Near Avdiivka, Russian forces also attempted to advance from the base of the Krasnohorivka plateau in the direction of Stepove, suffered losses and returned to their defensive positions. A Russian attack in the direction of Avdiivka failed, and the Russian Ministry of Defense claimed Ukrainian forces were on the offensive near Vodyane. In Marienka, Russia continued its attacks with no change in the situation. Near Vogledar at Novomikhailivka, a 20-month military tradition continued. Russian forces attempted to advance from the east, suffered losses, and returned to their defensive positions. The T518 highway bridge over the Shaitanka River in Velika Novosilka, a vital Ukrainian ground line of communication, that's a supply line, was hit by a Russian KH-38 missile, causing heavy damage. Moving to assessment. Russian forces have started a campaign targeting bridges near the frontline areas of Kharkiv, Luhansk and Donetsk. This is a significant shift in strategy. Previously, bridges were destroyed to cover Russian retreats or within 5 to 10 kilometers of significant fighting. 
The Russian VKS has hit several bridges and military targets with missiles during the last 30 days. Ukraine's inability to fly combat air patrols to re-establish at least air parity has become a significant problem. In occupied Volnovakha there was a large explosion. When I started recording, there wasn't any other information available. Now for the Zaporizhia action report. Brigadier General Oleksandr Tarnavsky, commander of the operational and strategic group of troops Tavria, reported another sharp increase in Ukrainian fire missions to 1,236 in the last 24 hours. In our assessment, the Ukrainian operational pause is coming to an end. In the Huleipole AO, there have been reports from Russian and Ukrainian sources of Russian offensive operations in the area of Krasnoselivka. There haven't been pictures or videos from this area in months, and the line of conflict may have moved further south. Our geospatial team examined the Sentinel-2L2A false-color satellite image from September the 30th, which showed no signs of significant fighting in the region. South of Urykhiv, not much has changed from Verbove to Novoprokopivka, where fighting continues at a reduced tempo. Russian sources report they are under massive artillery fire. The General Staff of the Armed Forces of Ukraine or GSAFU, reported fighting in the Novoandrivka area, while other Ukrainian sources reported fighting was near Kopani and Nesteryanka, stating that Ukrainian troops had made marginal gains. Near the city of Zaporizhia, the Matvivka Gromada was hit by two Russian missiles, which wounded five and caused damage to five buildings and critical infrastructure. In occupied Zaporizhia, drone images confirmed that Russia shot down its own Su-35 multi-role fighter plane near Tokmak in a friendly fire incident. Russian sources reported their air crew was killed. The International Atomic Energy Agency, or IAEA, released an update about the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant, or ZNPP. IAEA director General Rafael Grossi reported that Rosatom was preparing to bring reactor 4 to hot shutdown for steam generation after recently completing repairs and maintenance. Unit 6 will be brought back to cold shutdown. Russian occupiers said that equipment had been ordered for off-site steam generation and the installation would begin in 2024. All six reactors can be brought to a cold state if the work is done. The inspection team reported they hear explosions almost every day and have heard machine gun fire. An inspection of Turbine Hall 6 was completed and it was noted that some mines were removed as repairs were made to interior fences. Russian occupiers continued to ignore requests to do a walkthrough of all six turbine holes and maintenance areas one after another. They're also blocking access to the rooftops of reactors 1, 2, 5 and 6. Director General Grossi said, quote, As I have said repeatedly in recent months, we will continue requesting the access we need to implement our important mission 
including for monitoring compliance with the five concrete protection principles designed to prevent a nuclear accident at the site. Unquote. Staffing levels remain critically low, and the IAEA is compiling a report. Radiation monitors remain disconnected from the Internet. It's time to talk about the Black Sea, including the countries of Romania and Bulgaria, occupied Crimea and the Mykolaiv and Odessa regions. We start in Romania, and I need to catch you up. On Friday, Romanian radar detected a Russian drone, potentially violating their airspace and traveling up to 21 kilometers before crashing near Galatz. On Saturday, the armed forces reported that Russia is intentionally jamming GPS signals in Romanian territorial waters and called for NATO to prepare for an extended confrontation with Russia. Operational Command South of Ukraine said that air defenses would not shoot down drones over the territory of other countries. Quote, if we are talking about the south of the Odessa region, this is the trend. The enemy launches shahids so that they are in the immediate vicinity or even go along the red line near the border. In the Odessa region, this is the border with Moldova and Romania. If a shahid flies into the territory of another sovereign state, the Ukrainian military will not shoot it down. Unquote. Prime Minister of Romania Marcel Cholaku told Romanian news source DG24 that debris from a Russian drone had not been located, but searches continued. In occupied Crimea, the Crimean Tatar insurgent organization Atesh documented Russia moving an OSA air defense system with ammunition and personnel to Simferopol. They also shared pictures and videos of Russia moving Raptor-class patrol boats over land near Sevastopol. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now to Kherson. We haven't talked about this since rebooting the podcast. Fighting continues on the left bank of the Dnipro River, with Ukrainian forces occupying several positions on the islands north of the Konka River. Russian forces are continuing significant attacks. Kherson Oblast Administrative and Military Governor, or OVA, Oleksandr Prokudin, said Russia carried out 102 fire missions on Free Kherson, firing 560 munitions, rockets, drone-delivered IEDs and bombs. Oleksandr Tolokonnikov, spokesperson for the Kherson Oblast OVA, said that in the last week Russia has dropped 166 bombs of various types and sizes on Free Kherson. The Russian VKS appears to be systematically destroying Bereslav with daily bombings across the city. It was a busy day in central and western Ukraine. 
In Dnipropetrovsk, Krivy Rig was attacked by Shahid-136 kamikaze drones with civilian infrastructure hit during the attack. An oil pipeline exploded in Prikarpatya in the Ivano-Frankivsk region. Nine people were wounded, five in critical condition due to burns covering more than 70% of their bodies. This is the second pipeline explosion in the last three days to hit Ukrainian gas and oil infrastructure. In the Cherkasy Oblast, Russian Shahid-136 kamikaze drones struck the Uman gas company and adjacent grain warehouses in Uman, sparking massive fires. There was no information on casualties. Here is what is happening along the Russian front. In Krasnodar Krai, Ukrainian drones attacked Sochi, with multiple videos showing UAVs flying over the city and at least one hit with a significant explosion. We'll link to the videos in our daily situation report, which includes many of the pictures, videos and resources I discuss in today's report. You can subscribe to our Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And we offer a 7-day free trial. You can find a link in the podcast description or search Patreon for Malcontent News. In the Russian city of Dmitriev in Kursk, the security service of Ukraine, or SBU, destroyed a Russian Nieba-M radar installation. This is the second major attack on a radar installation in Kursk within the last week. In our assessment, Ukrainian forces are setting conditions for future drone attacks. The Nieba-M provides low- and high-band tracking for early warning and targeting information, and has a range of up to 3,800 kilometers for early warning. In breaking news, Ukrainian drones attacked the city of Smolensk, with reports of at least one drone striking the area near an aviation plant. Now, let's talk about theater-wide events. Russia launched 30 Shahid-136 kamikaze drones that flew complex paths through central and western Ukraine. The Air Force intercepted 16 drones, and the Navy intercepted one. Russian drone and missile strikes have started to focus less on striking civilians and dedicated civilian infrastructure, and have been hitting more economic and military targets. This is a significant change in Russia's target selection after the dismissal of General of the Army Sergei Surovikin, who advocated targeting civilians and destroying civilian infrastructure in Syria, which led to the destruction of Aleppo. In addition to the drone strikes, GSAFU reported Russia launched an additional 10 surveillance drones and completed 99 airstrikes. In our assessment, Ukrainian air defenses are becoming overwhelmed. The inability to fly combat air patrols and target Russian multi-role fighter aircraft and the number and growing complexity of drone and missile strikes is causing an increase in the number of successful attacks. Ukraine needs more air defense systems, better radar integration, more ammunition and the expedited deployment of F-16s. Deputy Chairman of the Security Council of Russia Dmitry Medvedev said, You know what? No, he said the usual. You can read the sitrap. 
The Navy of Ukraine and the main directorate of intelligence of the Ministry of Defense of Ukraine, or UHUR, that's how you say it in Ukrainian, repatriated two Ukrainian paratroopers trapped behind enemy lines for 18 months. The pair were seriously wounded during the open weeks of Russia's expanded war of aggression. Local residents cared for and hid them until a rescue operation could be done. Ukrainian Prime Minister Denis Shmihal admitted that since February 24, 2022, 37 Ukrainian arms industry factories have been attacked by Russia. We understand that our defense industry remains one of the main targets for Russian missile strikes, said Shmihal, adding that Ukraine was working on proposals for recovery. The United States averted a government shutdown with only hours to spare, with lawmakers in the House and Senate reaching a compromise budget. The measure did not include financial aid for Ukraine and permitted Lend-Lease Authority to expire. Senator Michael Bennett of Colorado held up the vote in the Senate due to the lack of financial aid to Ukraine. Due to the compromise agreement, F-16 pilot training in Texas will continue uninterrupted, as will existing support and logistics for already authorized military and humanitarian aid to Ukraine. A pool of over $5 billion in presidential drawdown authority from the 2023 budget rolls over. However, the temporary budget did not provide additional funds to replace any munitions or equipment transferred leaving most of the unspent funds frozen. The Minister of Defense of France announced a new military aid package to Ukraine, which includes six Caesar 155mm self-propelled howitzers, eight SDZ demining robots and eight EFA amphibious mobile bridges. Quick sidebar about the EFA. Unlike a bridge layer, the EFA can create a 100-meter pontoon bridge in 10 minutes, supporting up to 200 vehicles per hour. You can also bridge more than one EFA together, creating a longer crossing. British Minister of Defense Grant Shapps told The Telegraph that he intends to move British military training of Ukrainian troops to Ukraine. Quote, I was talking today about eventually getting the training brought closer and actually into Ukraine as well, particularly in the west of the country. Unquote. The British government would be taking a calculated risk with any training camp considered a valid military target. Up to four military installations in the UK currently support the training of Ukrainian troops, and moving to Ukraine would free up some of those facilities. The Czech Republic has agreed to license the production of the brand 2 assault rifle and assist in creating a production line for ammunition. Baikar announced it would invest $100 million in three projects in Ukraine, including completing a drone factory within the next 18 months. We updated the table of Russian versus Ukrainian equipment losses using information from the Oryx data. The information is available in our situation report. What's going on in Russia? It's time for Mobix, Mobilization and Mir. Reuters reported that 119 Cubans were in occupied Ukraine 
and are currently being trained. The soldiers were lured by the offer of a $2,040 signing bonus, 100 times more than the average Cuban salary. The HUR assisted Russian defector Lieutenant Daniil Alfyorov to Ukraine as part of Special Operation Barinya. Quote, Since June 2023, he actively cooperated with the security and defense forces of Ukraine and the main intelligence directorate. Alfyorov convinced and voluntarily transferred 11 Russian servicemen into captivity in several batches, said Andriy Yusov, spokesperson for the HUR. Alfyorov was a platoon commander in the Kherson region and went through all the necessary steps to surrender to Ukraine. In an extremely graphic video, a Kadyrovite published a video of his maggot-filled wounds to his hand and legs due to a lack of medical care and unsanitary conditions. One wound was deeply infected with red areas radiating from the region, indicating the sepsis was starting. We link to the video, but be warned, it's very graphic. On September the 19th, 15 Russian soldiers comprised of Kadyrovite and Spitsnaz recorded a video to be published in the event, quote, things go wrong, unquote. In the video, they claim they have been ordered to attack Ukrainian positions in Klishchivka with a 10 to 1 disadvantage and no armor support. They also said that 1,000 to 1,200 Russian soldiers had already been killed to make, quote, positive reports on the news about Russian counterattacks, unquote. I guess things went wrong. On Saturday in the Tver region, a monument appeared where Evgeny Prigozhin's plane crashed. It is unclear who put the memorial there, which is built into a large rock. In Tambov, residents complained about a sign on a butcher shop recruiting for the Russian army. The mural depicted a Russian soldier with the Z icon encouraging enlistment, while the words real meat products appeared over it. Yes, there's a picture. Did the meat come from Klishivka? They said if we saw the video, things went wrong. Too soon? Russia appears to be actively erasing all traces of its alliance with Nazi Germany from August 23, 1939 to June 21, 1941. In Varkuta, in the Komi Republic, vandals destroyed a memorial to Gulag prisoners, including Polish nationals forcibly deported after Russia invaded its neighbor in alliance with Germany on September 17, 1939. Local police refused to open a case, claiming the weather destroyed the monument. In the Tver region, a bust of Joseph Stalin was installed next to a memorial for Polish prisoners of war and their burial site. Some forgotten history. The Polish Institute of National Remembrance estimates that 150,000 deported Poles were killed due to Soviet repression, an additional 22,000 to 25,000 military officers were killed during the 1940 Katyn massacre, and 40,000 to 50,000 Polish soldiers and officers were killed during the Warsaw Uprising in August 1944. During the uprising, the Polish underground was advised to start the fight for the city with promised armor and air support. 
However, Stalin directly ordered the Russian army to stand down and severed their fuel shipments despite being within sight of Warsaw. Moscow officials banned a planned rally on the Day of Remembrance for victims of political repression due to <coughs> COVID restrictions. The ban, issued when the memorial was supposed to start, was not enforced at a nearby Reunification Day celebration. On the subject of Reunification Day, Russian state media agency TASS shared a video of the celebration in occupied Luhansk. 11 cars. That's how many showed up. Maybe holding a car parade when there are chronic fuel and tire shortages wasn't the best idea. In our War Crimes and Human Rights section, the Russian-Ukraine War Report podcast can discuss human rights abuses that can include graphic descriptions of violence. Today's report does not contain any graphic details. Ukrainian combat photographer Volodymyr Moronyuk, 59, was killed near Klishchivka while embedded with Ukrainian troops. It was reported he died with his camera in hand, and it took three days to recover his body due to constant Russian artillery fire. The Office of the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees will provide $123 million in aid to cover the cost of electricity bills and provide housing in Ukraine from October to February 2024. Most assistance will be in cash, but heaters and non-food items will be distributed in areas where that is impossible. The program will support up to 450,000 people. We normally don't cover geopolitics on the weekend, but there were some major events. The former Prime Minister of Slovakia, Robert Fico, won national elections and has already created a majority coalition government with two other parties. Fico is aligned with Moscow and has vowed to end all aid to Ukraine if elected. And that's what happened over the weekend. Your support of my home, Ukraine, helps us make history and protect the future for all. You've been listening to the Malcontent News Russia-Ukraine War Podcast. To help keep us independent, please consider providing financial support by becoming a patron. Want on-demand news in your hand? Download the Google News app and make Malcontent News one of your favorites to receive breaking news updates. Thank you for listening.